Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Oh, my darlings, if you only knew what a week I have had, and how this episode is an exercise in flying by the seat of one's pants. Let's just say that um, it's been a challenging week. But I couldn't not do an episode, especially when it has been planned in tribute of the great Mirella Frini. Today is the 28th of February. Yesterday would have been her 85th birthday. And sadly, she departed this uh, plane, shall we say, on the 7th of February, just two and a half weeks before that. All week long, when I've had a spare moment, I've been listening to Freni recordings and really just delighting in her mastery of almost every aspect of vocalism. She is supreme, sublime. I I adore her. I don't think I need to go into a whole lot of detail, besides which I don't have a whole lot of time. How to present Franny at her best? Well, I decided I was simply going to do a string of duets with some of her more famous duet partners and some unexpected partners as well. You'll see what I'm talking about. Let's start from the very beginning of her career. Well, not the very beginning, but certainly the first decade. Here is an excerpt from Puritani with Alfredo Kraus. At the beginning of her career, Freni did more bel canto. I'm not sure she ever sang Sonnambula, but she certainly did do performances of Puritani. And here we have her with Alfredo Kraus in the last act duet, which ends, of course, with a Vieni fra queste braccia. Beautiful.
if Mirella Freni actually had those in altissimo high notes. There's proof that, at least in 1962, she most emphatically did. Now, while we're on the subject of bel canto, I'm going to turn to a 1965 recording that she did with Nicolai Gedda of the wonderful Chiedia Laura Lusinghiera from Donizetti's L'Elisir d'Amore. This is... An absolutely delightful example of the charm that she could bring to a viperish and not very nice character such as Adina. There are very few singers, I think, who could bring a similar charm. Another one that I hope to be discussing in the near future is Iliana Kotrubash, who is really one of my very favorite singers. But here we have Freni and Geda, well, really, in their youthful primes, singing with such delight and such taste and such a beautiful connection between the two of them.
was also quite famous for her, well, she was famous for many different things. Freni was a wonderful Susanna and Zerina. I'm going to offer you a couple excerpts from each of those operas, one right now and one a little bit later. Here's our first surprise guest star, and that is Gundula Janowicz, who is a sublime countess. It was certainly one of her greatest roles. And I love the interplay between the two here in this beautiful 1973 performance from Versailles, conducted by Georg Scholti. He takes a rather brisk tempo for the letter duet. This is the canzonetta sull'aria, of course, where the countess is dictating to Susanna the letter that she is to send to the Count to get him to agree to an assignation with her in the garden. Sotto i pini del boschetto. I love how these two seemingly incompatible singers really bring out the best in each other. I'm just so delighted and charmed by this recording. <laughs>
Certainly one of Franey's greatest roles is Mimi in Bohem. It's certainly one that she's most celebrated for, I would say, and with very, very good reason. Of course, the recording with Pavarotti and Karajan is matchless. I'm going to offer you, however, two snippets from her bohème. The first is from a 1971 gala in honor of none other than the great Franco Corelli, who sang in this particular gala snippets from three different operas. I know there's Aida, and I think there's a Trovatore as well, and of course with different leading ladies for each. Here, uh, Freni is his Mimi, I wish I had time to play both of the arias for you as well. They're really beautiful. But I'm just going to play the final uh, duet for you, the Osoade Fanchulla. The high note at the end is a little short, but they both sound magnificent. It's a live performance. I'll put a link to the video on the show notes page, and you can go watch these two beautiful creatures. It's just so wonderful. Hey! <laughs> 
Now I'm going to offer a bit of the death scene from Bohem. This is a performance from the Wiener Staatsoper with her very frequent partner and fellow Modenite, I guess we'll say. They're both from the town of Modena. This is Luciano Pavarotti, of course. The performance is from 1985. It's conducted by Carlos Kleiber. He's one of my favorite conductors. I mean, you just can't go wrong with Kleiber conducting. You just can't. Listen to how he holds this together. Both of them are in magnificent voice, of course, but but it's more than just that.
cerca, cerca. Carian was a conductor that Frini also collaborated with quite frequently. It was he who pushed her toward heavier repertoire, beginning with Desdemona, which I think she was sublimest Desdemona. I'm going to offer you something from a 19... Let me see when this recording is from. This is a clip recorded in 1977 in Hamburg with Franco Bonissoli. I don't know how many of you even remember Franco Bonissoli. He was renowned in the day, we might even say infamous, for many of his crass and ridiculous stage antics and behavior. But he had a voice. Man, did he have a voice. What's so interesting, this is an album of duets that Franey and Bonissoli did together, as I say, in 1977. The conductor is Franey's first husband, Leone Maggera. I remember seeing Bonissoli doing some ridiculous things on stage, pumping his fist when he made a high C, shouting down audience members. I mean, he really was notorious. But what's so remarkable about these duets is how tastefully he sings. He sings with enormous, almost restraint, one might almost say. Restraint, certainly technique. Voice, voice, voice. It was his bad fortune, and forgive me if this sounds uncouth, it was his bad fortune to die on the same day that Franco Corelli died, and so people don't even really remember him anymore, but he is definitely worth giving a listen to. I'm going to play first the first act duet from Otello, which was included in that recording from Hamburg in 1977.
I would like to play the whole album for you, but I just don't think that would be the best use of our time. There's also a fantastic duet from Manon Lescaut, which, of course, in 1977 was a role that Franey had not yet undertaken. I'm going to offer you instead, from Manon Lescaut, a bit of the last act. This is a performance conducted by Giuseppe Sinopoli in February 1986. This is also from the Wiener Staatsoper. The Degrieux is the wonderful Hungarian tenor Peter, no, no, I think, wait, it was Peter Tvorsky. I think he was Czech. Now I've got Czech. Ha ha ha. I was going to say he was Hungarian, but I don't think he was. He's Slovak. Peter Tvorsky is a Slovak tenor, but you'll hear him here in this 1986 performance of a portion of the final act of Manolesco, conducted by Sinopoli from Vienna.
another of the heavier roles in which Freni was enormously successful was Don Carlo. I love the Iovengua Domandar duet where Don Carlo comes to Elisabetta. I don't think he's even seen her since she's married his father, but the spark is still there, shall we say, and he ends up passing out in ecstasy or maybe just fraught emotion at her feet. This performance is from 1989. It's conducted by Claudio Abbado, of course, who's another one of the all-time greats. I think she was very successful in this role. She actually sang a hell of a Tuque le Vanita, which you can hear in many different live performances, and I hope that you will take a moment to seek that out. I almost forgot to mention that this is the superb yet underrated Luis Lima as the Don Carlo opposite Frenis Elisabetta.
questo ciel la vita già vacca nell'occhio suo che lagrimò. Yeah.
Now, there was a near neighbor of hers in her hometown of Modena, who grew up in Savona, and that is a soprano to whom she was often, wasn't really held up as a rival, and it wasn't really like, do you prefer Callas or do you prefer Tebaldi? It was never quite like that. But, I mean, they were often compared to each other. And that, of course, is Renata Scotto, who never had the beauty of tone that Freni had, but who always had, in my opinion, a deeper interpretive insight. They recorded a bang-up duet recital, I would say probably in the late 70s. This came out on London Deck, uh, and I think the first clip on that from the certainly obscure opera by Saverio Mercadante called Le Due Illustri Rivali, The Two Illustrious Rivals. I'm going to play a little bit from that. These two are pulling out the claws, and it's so fun when Mirella pulls out her nastiness. It's interesting because one always thinks of Scotto as being the more cantankerous, testy kind of person, but it's nice when Mirella lets down her hair and pulls out her claws, yes? So let's listen to a little bit of that.
So the conductor on that excerpt was Leone Maggera, who was Mirella Freni's first husband. It must have been very shortly after this recording was made. She and Maggera divorced, and in 1978, she married the Bulgarian basso Nikolai Gyaurov. I'm going to offer this lovely concert performance of La Cidarin La Mano with Gyaurov and Freni together. It's late in both of their careers. It's a concert in Switzerland. You can find it on YouTube, and I will post the link to the complete concert. Meanwhile, here is the concert closer, La ci darem la mano, Don Giovanni and the innocent Zelina. Or is she? Oh. 
I think I'm going to close with something unexpected from Mirella. She did do some stage performances of Traviata. I don't think they were among her most successful. I remember reading years ago, maybe in opera magazine, that her appearance at Covent Garden's Violetta was not well received and that she evidently didn't do a very good job. I wasn't there. I haven't heard a recording. I can't say. What I can tell you is this. In 1973, she did a film version of Traviata, Franco Bonisoli is the Alfredo, and Sesco Bruscantini is the Germont. Again, it's not really a duet, but I want you guys to hear what she does with the Shena at the end of Act 1. We do hear Bonisoli's voice in the background, serenading her offstage, of course. This is more or less a flawless performance. I think it's one of her very greatest. You don't really think of Franny as a Traviata, but I've never seen the movie. I'd like to. I'd like very much to see it. And based on this, it's a role that she performed to near perfection.
I'm sure that absolutely none of you are going to be surprised that I have gone over again, and I have barely scratched the surface with the late, great Mirella Freni. So, guess what? I'm going to bring you another episode of Freni next week. We'll be touching on her work in the Russian repertoire, French repertoire. She really covered the gamut. She didn't do much German, although I think there's a recording floating around of her doing the four last songs. Let that just be a little tantalizing thing for you. There's so much more to be heard. I mean, I could do a month on Mirella Freni. In the meantime, thank you to all of you who support this podcast in so many ways, especially by listening, and pretty soon I'm going to be asking you to donate again. It's very crucial to my future on the planet Earth. (laughs) I'm only slightly exaggerating here. So I will be asking for more support, but I, I hope that I will have earned it. I look forward to welcoming you back next week. And until then, my dear friends and my beloved listeners, keep this song in your hearts. I needed to remind you that next week will be part two of Mirella Freni, okay? <laughs>